Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, I'm Scott Soshnick. And I'm Evan Novi Williams. And this is the Tom Brady Retires Again sports business podcast, The Sportacast. Now, see, now I would have good. I would have gone. And by the way, to the day, a year later from the first retirement, to Remarkable. the day. Yeah. So it's good. It's good to know. You know, he's got that on the calendar. But how about the Tom Brady retires again? Ellipse for good. <laughs> for now. <laughs> for now. For good. We. No. I. I get the sense. I get the sense. Edmund Novi Williams, forty-five years old, right? Forty-five. Forty-five. I. I, I get the sense that. We have seen the last of Tom Brady on the football field. I just get that sense this time where where he's ready to move on and uh, certainly has a pot of gold waiting for him in the broadcast booth. I get I do not get that sense. <laughs> and I guess oh, we'll, okay. I, I guess we'll skepticism. see. Skepticism. I love it. I, I am skeptical of pretty much every big star's retirement uh, at this point. Um, and whether he comes back or not, we're going to be hearing about it and probably talking about it for, for the entire offseason and then probably into next NFL season when quarterbacks get hurt. And then there's the rumors. Um, I, I think whether this is for good, as he said, or just for now, as the last one was, the the idea of Tom Brady suiting up again in the NFL is going to linger over this league, I would say, for at least two years, whether he does it or not. All right. But aside from the fact, okay, play, not play, looking forward, what captures your attention uh, on Tom Brady? I'm I'm sort of fascinated, as I, I've seen those who, who cover the media space are, that that Greg Olson has sort of emerged as a fantastic color analyst for NFL broadcasts on the number one team at Fox with Kevin Burkhart, who New Yorkers certainly know from his his work with the Mets. Um, but you told Tom Brady you were going to pay him $350 million to come and be the top analyst at Fox. Do, what do you do when you've got a, like sort of this, this unheralded unknown who has emerged and been is really good at what he does and seems like the public really loves him, but he doesn't have the Q score of Tom Brady. That's the, the, this is the big question now. If Tom is actually done playing, you mentioned it last year, Fox signed him to a, a 10-year, $375 million contract to be in the booth whenever he was done playing. Now, uh, he's done, or ostensibly he's done. <laughs> Does Fox bring him in for uh, f- this year for, for, for Super Bowl, which is a Fox product do they try to get him in next year you're right greg olson has done a fantastic job people really like him we don't actually really know how good tom brady is gonna be at this they could put tom brady in the booth and he could be even better than greg olson and then it's an easy decision they could put him in the booth and he could be a bit worse than greg olson and now it's a it's it's a different kind of decision yeah i think the big question now for tom or one of the big questions is what does he want to do with fox does he actually want to join the booth and secondly, as crazy as this may be to say, what does Fox want to do with Tom? Right. Right. And and, and that is a question that they're going to have to figure out at some point soon, judging also again on, on what his personal interest is. But 
the, the thought has always been that Tom would join the booth when he was done playing. The expectation, because he's been this way for much of his career, was that he was going to be a bit more, um, not controversial, but a bit more critical of what he was watching than I think a lot of announcers are. Tom is not shy about his opinions about what makes good football and what makes bad football and how much of the latter that he's seen in, 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 towards the end end of his career. Um, so yeah, I think the, the the major question, the $375 million question, uh, which is, by the way, more than he made in his entire career from, from on-field earnings, uh, just to give you a sense of how much money that is. But yeah, the two big questions now are, what does he want to do with Fox and what does Fox want to do with him? And by the way, Tom Brady earned more on the field than any player in the history of the NFL. Yeah. So that <laughs> really shows you that Fox money and, and, and how big it is. Uh, yeah, I'll go back to the military father uh, upbringing and, and bring in the peas. You know, proper prior planning prevents the pee poor performance. And I think that's true for analysts. Like, what makes the analysts great are those who are really willing to do the work. And it's almost, I would say, akin to the top analysts are willing to do the same amount of preparation that they were as a player. And we all know sort of the the depths that Tom Brady would go watching film and preparing for games. Is he going to do the same? And I'm not saying he's not. I'm just saying, is he going to do the same? Because I would be fascinated if I can get into the mind of the greatest quarterback to ever play in the game. And a big part of that success was the preparation for it and have him bring that to the broadcast booth. I think I think what we saw with Tony Romo early on, where it was sort of like, oh, this is that formation. This I think they're gonna run left and watch the, you know, watch the guy's foot. It's gonna be tilted out, so they're gonna know. And like that level of detail I find fascinating if you can if he can really bring that level of preparation and detail to the broadcast booth. But still not easy. You still be, have to be able to present it in a manner in which people really enjoy. And, and part of that is a, is a recency thing. I think that the, the, the near, if you're a former player trying to make that transition, the, the, the closer you are to your playing days, I think in a lot of ways, the more effective your analysis of what's happening is. I, I don't think it's a stretch to say that, 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 that Tony Romo was at his best, I think, right as he joined the booth. Right when 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 half the teams he was calling were teams that he had played the prior year. Alex Rodriguez, I thought, was fantastic early on in his broadcasting days because it was pitchers that he had consistently st- stood in the batter's box against. The, the 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 playing part of his career was fresh in his mind. I think the Manning brothers are doing a really great job right now, largely because so many of the people that are on the field are players that they either played with or played against. And, and to draw out the timing even more. Right there, there's this now backlash from a lot of the younger NBA set against Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal. Right, athletes who are, are are no longer really talking about probably any athletes, any NBA players that they played against directly. That they are two generations or a generation, two decades removed in some cases from their playing careers, and you just don't get the same kind of insight. And, and the game, well, moves, yeah, the game changes. Not even the insight, but I would think from down up, from current player up there is no reverence. And that's a big deal. When sure. the players who played against Barkley and, and Shaq, and if they criticize them, it meant something, you know, they were great to the game. You got a guy now, who, like, wait, um, hey, Charles, did you ever play? You know, it reminds me of when um, Lenny Wilkins, when he was coaching the Knicks, once said at a shoot-around that one of the young guys on the team asked him, hey, coach, did you ever play in, in the league? And Lenny Wilkins had to look at him. He was like, son, the only person <laughs> in the Hall of Fame is both a coach and a player. 
you know, so the, to be criticized by somebody that maybe you, maybe you've only see from like slow motion highlights, frankly, from VHS tapes, <laughs> you know, they just don't care. But these folks, there's no reverence there. Now, something tells me if it was Michael Jordan, they're they're keenly aware of of who Michael Jordan is in the history. But I get a feeling about it. And let me know if you agree. With this. I, you don't watch a lot of hockey, Evan, but I get the feeling it's almost the same thing: the star power versus sort of the guy who maybe didn't have the the greatest career but puts the work in. I do this on Rangers broadcasts when they bring in Henrik Lundqvist, of course, a huge star. They put him in the broadcast booth as as an analyst, and sometimes it works with Steve Aliquette, a former goaltender, also. Um, but Valiquette, and this is not a knock. I mean, it's different things for you know for they're trying to get different things out of different guys. But Valiquette has a level of digging into data that really, really is for that I find helpful for the viewer. Like he'll break down a video and say, well, the data shows this, and then the number of X percent goals are scored when the when the puck goes across the T. And I'll get from Henrik Lundqvist of something like, well, the, the Rangers need to play better. You know, they they need to go at a higher pace. Yeah, it'll be a very general. He is not sitting down, and I think Steve has a data company, as a matter of fact. But Steve is doing some serious homework before these games. And I remember I was watching a game recently where Valaket said something the effect of, "Well, the one Achilles heel uh, and the Rangers, and they do everything right, is is something attempts off the rush." Like they're they're twenty fifth or twenty seventh in the league in attempts off the rush, and that's just when when system breaks down or they don't back check. It really, really highlighted what went wrong that night. And I, you know, as a casual viewer, I don't know that about the Rangers. How would I? But you know, and I don't think Henrik Lundqvist was delving into the numbers to say here's the Achilles heel of this team for all the talent, for all the whatever. This is what you need to look out for. This is where they are bad. That is where I need to know. Where is Tom Brady going to come in? Is he going to be Henrik Lundqvist superstar? You'll listen to me because I'm Tom Brady. Is he going to be uh, the superstar who digs deep like Valiquette and brings the combo of stardom as well as homework? I have no idea, but certainly I know I have something to learn from the brain of Tom Brady. And we're going to find out, right? <laughs> as Provided Tom actually wants to try this. I, I feel very confident that despite how good Greg has been, Fox will give him an avenue uh, to, to do this on a very large stage. Moving beyond just the booth, Scott, one of Tom's other off-field ventures, TB12, something we talk about a lot with Tom, has so long been just synonymous with the, with the longevity of Tom's career. The longer he was playing, he the was more the best the, marketing tool playing the at age best 40 marketing whatever. tool. The, the more that it looked like the, the, the health and wellness, the TB12 method, whatever you want to call it w- 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 was effective. What do we think happens with TB12? Again, when you lose your greatest market, when, when, when the person who is defying age in, in one of the most physical sports in the world is no longer on TV every Sunday espousing it. I think the outposts, and I'm not sure how many there are right now, but the couple in the Boston area, I think there's Foxborough and one like in, in Boston. Uh, you and I, I believe, walked into that one. I had a shake. It was very good. <laughs> um, I was surprised to find out there was the physical therapy or the massage downstairs. I didn't realize it was you know as holistic as that. I believe there's one in Tampa, right? I, you know, being with the Bucks. By the way, business of football. He's he's according to Andy Brandt, he counts 35 million bucks on the on the Buccaneers cap 
next year, the second highest dead money amount in the history of the league. <laughs> Ouch. So, uh, yeah, it's not in a league where you have a hard cap and not the Yamaka, you have that hard cap. Very difficult to just say, okay, here's a $35 million chunk for nothing. <laughs> a guy who is no longer here. Now you got to spend up to that limit. You know, you only have so many dollars to go around for the rest of the team. So that's worth watching too to see how they they uh, they dig themselves out out of that hole. But I guess it was worth it. They did get a Super Bowl out of it, so you know, fine. Um, but I'm not sure about that brand. You know, I I'm not sure how much TB12 resonates in Indianapolis, San Diego, New Orleans, uh, Albuquerque, uh, Omaha. Uh, you know, I keep keep going. I, I don't know. There aren't Peoria? that many of yeah. them. <laughs> you know, it's just not that many uh, outposts anyway. So in places where he played and Tom is an icon, they probably do just fine. But uh, I don't see it, uh, especially now that he's done playing, erupting into a, a major global brand. I do think he will continue to, and, and, and we're going to see this with Roger Federer now that he is done as well, that there is a level of athlete both in kind of global stardom and success and also in the way that they carry themselves that continue to resonate as a, as a pitch man after playing. And I do think that Tom will have that in the next few years, that whether it's working with Under Armour or Uggs or Wheels Up, whatever it is, I think he will continue to be a highly sought after and probably effective spokesman for products, even though he is no longer playing. Right. Not crypto, though. <laughs> yeah, FTX, probably not. not yeah, probably the, uh, not. FTX. Not on the list in the, in the immediacy. All right. So uh, speaking in the future and his, his expansion of the, uh, the retirement brand, NWSL is getting bigger. Not a bad segue. Not the greatest, but not a bad segue. Uh, we thought one team was being added to the NWSL. Turns out it's more than that. And the numbers are pretty eye-popping, and plenty of folks have asked me to justify the valuation of the expansion club, so I will put you under the gun right now and say, <laughs> Eben, tell me where those teams are going, uh, tell me what a great deal David Blitzer got, and justify, if you would, the uh, $50 million plus valuation of these expansion clubs. So the the league has been running for the past half year or so a process to find the 14th team, the 14th team to be the 14th team in expansion. 13 is going to be Utah. We've known that for a while. David Blitzer sitting on a $2 million option to buy into the league, which he is exercising. Utah and the first expansion team, San Francisco Bay Area, will be joining NWSL in 2024. That group led by Sixth Street, private equity firm, owns a chunk of the Spurs, owns Legends Hospitality. Former, former players um, and, and national a handful, team players. handful of former players, including uh, Daniel Slayton and Brandy Chastain. Uh, so they're joining. And then the league is also, from what we understand, in serious talks with another one of the expansion groups, a group up in Boston, to have them join the league at a, at a, at a later date. I think one of the big questions there is stadium, what, what that's going to look like. But again, I mentioned Utah, $2 million option to buy in. Both the conversations, from what I understand, around the Boston group and the Bay Area group uh, is centering around an expansion fee that is above $50 million, something slightly above that. So obviously a very different number, Scott. In terms of justifying the, the, the total there, I, this is essentially what franchises cost now, right? This is, we, we saw a year and a half ago, the Washington spirit in DC sell for a record $35 million. Shortly afterwards, a handful of other teams raised money at, at higher valuations than that. Angel city out in LA, one of the newer 
NWSL franchises has raised money at a number significantly higher yeah, than that, million. over a hundred million. So I, I think it, to the extent that in a lot of ways, your expansion fee is kind of roughly what you think of as either an average or a get in price for franchise valuation. I don't think it's crazy to say that this is what it costs right now to, to, to buy invest in an NWSL team. And, and there's two more on the market teams in Chicago and Portland uh, certainly for the Portland franchise, I would be shocked if it sold for less than uh, at this point. So yeah, less than Mary something Paulson, in that very range. happy with this this price point being set. I think yeah. If you're if you're if you're sellers on either side, I think you know separating why why these people are selling. Yes, I think a high number in this expansion set is a uh, is a really valuable price point uh, for you. But but great news for NWSL. There there was a time when it looked like this was maybe going to be a much smaller number and getting 50 plus for, for, for both of these things is, uh, it shows the growth that the league is having. I will say oftentimes with investment, the principals who are already there early, you know, try to keep it inside, right? They don't want the secret out. I, I know you want it out somewhat. You need some people to pay, but you don't go far and wide saying this is the greatest thing in the world. Uh, but this has not been secretive. I mean, Alexis Ohanian, uh, Michelle Kang, <laughs> they've just been out there banging drums saying, guys, you're missing it. This is I, I got all the data to prove it. What do you want to see? These are going to be great investments, and there's going to be significant investment made from corporate America into soccer as we lead into the next World Cup cycle. Like there's there are reasons to believe that people will come and watch, that people will pay tickets, they'll watch on TV, they will buy the jerseys. They will be good corporate spokespeople and have good tie-ups, and uh, it seems to be coming to fruition. And shout out, Scott, to to, uh, to Angie Long, uh, co-owner of the Kansas City Current. She was on this show a few months ago. We asked her, "What do you think this expansion team? What what do you think it sells for?" Uh, and this is what she had to say: Facilities are hugely important. The market itself is really important. But I mean, I think we could get upwards of fifty million for the next expansion team. And she was right, Scott. And, and I know, and, and you maybe know this also, there were people within NWSL, other owners that thought that she was wildly inflating the price, th th that they would be happy to get 20 million. They would be happy to get 30 million. Um, and it, it flash forward a few months, she turned out to be absolutely correct. This, this is what the market bore for a, a highly competitive process of people trying to buy into NWSL. So again, shout out to Angie for throwing out a number that a lot of people thought was crazy and, uh, and, and the league backing it up a short time later. All right. Now, I, I just need you to make a call. Don't, you know, don't think too much. I just want to know knee jerk. More impressive, long. Angie, 50 million, nailing it right. Abigail, dropping like <laughs> Steph Curry three-pointers as, as a member of the Yale women's basketball team. More impressive long, Angie or Abigail? I'm sticking with Angie, but right, uh, yeah, revisit that in a, in, in a year or two. We'll see where, we'll see where Abigail is. Yeah, join the family business. Uh, maybe she'll play pro, pro soccer too. Who knows? But she's 30-something points not long ago, uh, dropping threes like Steph Curry for the Yale women's team. Pretty, pretty impressive. And I, what do you, I don't know what they drink, but this is a good segue. How do they hydrate? How do the how how does the Yale women's <laughs> um, basketball team hydrate? By the way, ready for business of sport, and I'll bring Please. it to focus group of one. Yeah, big announcement the other day. My son's program, uh, Mid Fairfield, is now a BioSteel program sponsored. <laughs> oh gosh, 
Yeah. All, <laughs> like they all come, by the way, they all come. What do we get? Like, I, I think my tuition is still insanely high, but the, all the boys are walking out with a red bio steel water bottle thinking they got a good deal. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I do this for a living. Why was I not at the table? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I would have been very happy to say, listen, uh, I can say BioSteel, BioSteel on the podcast, you know, <laughs> but just, just an FYI, it's creeping in. Like there's already programs, Little Caesars, Honeybaked that are, that are named for corporate entities, you know, Mid Fairfield's not that, but I can tell you we're a, we are a BioSteel program. I don't know what that means. I see the boys walking out with the water bottle and I, I think there's a whole bunch of hydration packets uh, in, in the locker room. And uh, we are talking about hydration in in some in a legacy way. The newcomers are joining forces to take on the establishment. Go ahead. So a, a story that Kurt Bodenhausen wrote uh, for us at Sportico th- this week. Uh, if you if people remember, two years ago, Coca Cola uh, announced a deal to buy Body Armor uh, for eight billion dollars. Body Armor was you know, notably backed by both Kobe Bryant and. Mike Rapoli, who is vitamin water uh, success. And now it sounds like uh, Coca-Cola and and Powerade and Body Armor are essentially retooling what they're doing, trying to take on Gatorade. Gatorade, obviously owned by Pepsi, is the dominant force in the in the electrolyte or sports drink market, at least in the U.S. Kurt had some numbers. I believe Gatorade had had, had almost 70% of the market. Powerade was, was down at 14%. You know what's so, always bothered me? I mean, for people who don't know the history, by the way, it's named Gatorade because it was tested at the University of Florida. You know, sure. the, the Gator. But Gatorade, because it helps them, is AID. Why is it not Gator AID? Why is it Gator ADE? Because AD it make sense is to like Gator what, you call, what you call like fruity drinks. Like I know, lemonade. but but <laughs> but it aided the players. AID. I think it would have been better to be Gator AID instead of ADE. Gatorade. <laughs> Uh, I have to think about that more. (laughs) On on its face, I don't agree with you, but because I think I think it's a play on words either way, right? Like I think it it works in either setting for and deliberately works in either setting. All Um, right, but these things bother me. These things bother me, and I have to I have to get them out. Once it's in the brain, I have to get. You can tell me I'm a moron. You can tell me you're an idiot. Fine, but I I, I, I needed to get it out, and I did. So Powerade should be Power AID or no? Yes. Well, not a dot. No, it's, it's aiding your power. I, mean, I think you could differentiate now. <laughs> now, now, yes. If I was if I was trying to topple Gatorade, I would go AID now. Yes, because <laughs> emphasizing the point that this stuff helps you. All I know from the story is that Powerade and Body Armor they're going to like ramp up the number of electrolytes in there. So, I mean, are we, is this an electrolytic arms race? Is that where we are here? <laughs> Low sugar, high electrolytes. Like what's the, do kids go in and like pick it up? It, this is a really brand thing. This is to like, are kids picking up the Gatorade or, I mean, that's the drink I grew up with. Do I, but I spin it around. I look for the sugar content now. If it's got a lot of sugar, I don't want it. So it's Gatorade zero. Fine. Like, do I care how much magnesium there is and sodium and I don't know. I just think it's all like, I think most nutritionists will tell you, you know what? Just drink water. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> have, I think have a banana and drink some water. I think this is an interesting point because the, you're right. The Powerade and body armor are switching up the formula, 50% more electrolytes, more vitamin B, more vitamin C. And I agree with you. I think that for, for the vast majority of people who are buying either of these things, the actual nutritional facts are secondary, third dairy, tertiary, whatever, however far down you want to make it. I agree. This is a marketing thing. I, I know a lot of very, very serious endurance athletes and very serious athletes. I don't know anybody that drinks off the shelf 
Powerade, Body Armor, or Gatorade. Almost everybody is using a very specific yeah, mixture. Let's, when of, when you see an NBA they, player chugging from a a water bottle that says and insert the brand, it doesn't matter. Yeah. They are not drinking what you drink when you go off off the shelf. Hundred percent not right. So so in some ways, I do think it's interesting that the the, the big push, and, and I'm sure there's going to be a marketing blitz attached to whatever this new formula is. But I'm surprised that the the big push seems to be a play into health and electrolytes and, and vitamin V and vitamin C and all of that. When it does feel like for the vast majority of people who are buying these things, they're just looking for something that is labeled sports drink. They're looking for a specific flavor. And it really comes down to a marketing battle about who on TV endorsed what and, and, and which label they like more. All right. And what's the only thing better than a good old uh, electrolytic marketing battle? What's the only thing better than that in sports business that we all love? Because you get, you know, you get one of these all the time. It almost, almost rarely, <laughs> rarely does it exist where you don't have something with one of these brewing or being talked about or possibility. But we got a good old fashioned one right now that I love. Oh man, I think I'm lost. What's our here. last topic of conversation? This is all I had written down. Seriously? Yeah, shock you, me. You don't love the, a good old fashioned carriage dispute? Oh, carriage dispute, absolutely. That's Come right. on, who doesn't love? Of course, You're speaking the most into my soul in, here, Scott. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, for me, it was Time Warner MSG that was solved by Jeremy Lin. I mean, that was like the greatest carriage dispute ever. They're like, no, mm-hmm. you're, you're asked too much money. We're not going to do it. Forget it. It's all black. Jeremy Lin steps in, becomes like the megawatt star of New York. All of a sudden, people are walking through the streets looking in bars to see what Jeremy Lin and the Knicks are doing. And that was a big reason why that carriage dispute got solved. People needed to see Jeremy Lin and Lin Sanity. But now yeah. it's not basketball. It, uh, it is YouTube, which, as I've told you, is sort of the the preferred choice uh, of um, of platform for the focus group of one and his pals, dropping the Major League Baseball Network. But and here's the key: if you haven't if you haven't seen, we flipped the calendar to February. You know what that means? We are three weeks away from pitchers and catchers spring training. <laughs> We're going to be talking about baseball very soon, and YouTube does not have the MLB Network. How angry are the kids going to be? And will they have picket signs? Will they demand to get their MLB network back on YouTube? Yeah, this is YouTube TV. So it's the subscription service. I believe it costs $64, $65 a month. Yeah. And for a long time, MLB network was, was part of that. And now, uh, because they could, they failed to reach an agreement, at least for the start of the season, or at least for now, it is not going to be a good reminder to me, Scott, that like all of the, a, a lot of the business trappings that existed in the old cable and, and, and affiliate fee models are also just going to exist in the streaming model, right? That in the same yeah, way that how much you, you can fight with Comcast about carriage yeah. fees, you can also fight with YouTube TV uh, in, in carriage fees as well. So I, I know we talk a lot about the, the, the ways in which uh, everyone thought of streaming as like the anti-cable bundle. And we're kind of very quickly, I feel like, approaching uh, something that is actually a very similar business model that might actually be more expensive. But it, it seems clear to me, if it wasn't already, that... The carriage fee fight is going to carry over into the Roku's, the YouTube TVs, uh, all, all of those new streaming bundles, in addition to the, the more traditional big cable networks that we've seen in the past. If I was going to sing on this episode, and I'm not, mm, but Sarah McLaughlin, again, just to McLaughlin. show you how the demented mind works, when you said carriage fee fighting, I heard kung fu fighting. So if you, could you sing carriage fee fighting to the oh fighting beat? Everybody knows. I, I don't keep it in. I can't keep that stuff in my brain. That would have bothered me. 
I'm still thinking about Gatorade AID, Scott. Gatorade? Well, <laughs> yeah. Gatorade. I like it. And should we finish up with my wife, the text message? Oh, for sure. She, yeah, she'll kill me. This. She'll kill me for this one. But, uh, and we should say normally, I, I would think like most, you know, my wife's emails are like just sort of straight up things I need to know. Like, here's a text from the hockey coach. Um, here's something about the car. Here's nine other things that I screwed up. You know, fine. You know, that, that sort of texting. But out of the blue, I get, quote, now, if you were a company who bought a Super Bowl commercial slot, wouldn't you make a commercial making fun of Tom Brady's retirement? And like my knee jerk is like, no, but I need, I need to get at what does she mean by that? Like, do, am I going to do I succeed if I have a Super Bowl commercial making fun of Tom Brady's retirement? How would I go about that? I've got I've got it. I've, I know exactly how you go. Who does about that make it? sense? It's, for? It's okay, go, an go, go. M&M ad. And it's the yellow M&M. Yeah. Who's who in the news? Just, re- just recently retired, as you know. Ah. Uh, they retired all the candy spokes, uh, the spokes candies, whatever they call them. Yeah, yeah, yellow yeah. Yellow M&M sitting on a bench. Yes. little selfie. Talking yes. about how, you know, a little tear in his eye, talking about how it's time for good to leave the, the candy world behind. Oh, I like um, this. That's how you do it. That, that's my... Uh, that, <laughs> that's Mars my Corp, immediate. are you listening? Eben Novi Williams handing you... Super Bowl gold right here. With a hat tip to Kim Palumbo, yeah. Hat hat tip to Kim. All right. He is Evan Novi Williams on the Twitter, Novi underscore Williams. I am Scott Soshnick at Soshnick. Our producer is Matt Whitehurst. Thank you very much, Matt. Digital media editor, of course, Cora Veltman. She loves it when I remind you that the show can be found at Sportacast, which is the hub of the Sportico Media Network. Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.